Welcome to the Beth Lewis Therapy Group podcast. We call this podcast and our blog, This Won't Be Done by Five, which gives a nod to the ongoing process that is therapy and the human condition. We are Fort Worth's favorite family therapist, addressing all of, or at least some of, our curiosities, questions, and concerns about therapy, therapeutic topics, and our personal lives. Today, we've got a new crew of people from our first season of podcasts. One that's still with me is Ashley. Um, She and I are from the first podcast. That's she and I are from (laughs) the first podcast. And we have um, with us Shani Kratz. Yes, go frogs. um, She is a fully licensed LPC and a wonderful addition to our crew. We're delighted that she chose to join us. And we have Jason Lido. Did I say it right? Yes, I never partial, get your, your last license. name's always a little bit um, concerned to me because I'm not sure if I say it correctly. And he is an LPC associate yeah. under my supervision. Um, and that's just a simple way of saying that he is earning hours that the board requires us to gain to be fully licensed, which is my license or Shaney's license or Ashley's license. So he is surrounded by us fully licensed who... Um, have taken him in as our little brother, not even going to lie. Um, so with that, I think the first topic that we're going to, we're going to say today is we're going to talk a little bit about why we even became a therapist in the first place. Does anyone want to jump in and kind of kick that off and start talking about what it is that brought them? We're tired of hearing my voice already. So Ashley, I'm going to start with you. I'm, I'm looking at you, sister. I wasn't making eye contact for her. She's trying. We're pointing at her. She suddenly was looking down at the floor. Um, uh, Ashley, you talk about that a little bit. I'll start, but my story kind of annoys people because I knew what I wanted to do um, since I was 14. Mm, um, and that's that because... Annoying. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I knew when I started college exactly the path I was taking. Um, so that was nice. But um, I was put in therapy when I was 14, and I uh, wasn't listening to a word she said. I just watched her sit in her pretty chair. <laughs> <laughs> and she was very pretty, dressed well. Um, and I'm like, hmm, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my yeah. life. And yeah. here I am. I like that. Um, but also, I like to help people, and um, I find people interesting. And um, I find everybody everybody has strengths um, to work through their issues. And I like to pull those out and surprise them with what they have. Yeah. I agree with that. I think it's really cool to hear people's stories. I just do. I am always honored to be asked in your case, like the 14 year old that gets kind of dragged in by their parents and plops them down on the sofa. They're not necessarily asking us to be in their corner, but those that do come in and sit on my sofa, I'm really typically very honored to be a part of their support group or part of their storyline and hearing what they have to say is, is I'm usually pretty delighted that this is what I get to do with my life Mm -hmm. and, and have that. Shani, what about you? What about me? (laughs) I did not know at 14. Um, (laughs) I did not know actually till a little bit later in life, but I think that, uh, the telltale, um, moment or turning point for me to be a therapist is I was watching uh, just a lot of chaos around me, uh, some in my family, um, a lot of divorce, a lot of what I considered to be unhealthy relationships. And I thought uh, to myself, 
you know, over years, surely it doesn't have to be this difficult. And uh, when I realized that I could have the rudder uh, of control in my power, um, it really piqued my interest. And so I didn't know what that looked like, but with uh, an intro to psych class, undergrad, um, I don't want to talk too long about me, but it's pretty interesting. A professor uh, in the intro class was asking questions about, raise your hand if uh, you believe that you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. And we raised our hands very proudly. And he said, it's a lie. <laughs> totally. I agree he said, it's a him. lie. Yeah. And we thought, oh my, oh, we wait, suck. what? <laughs> And uh, anyway, just that thought process and thinking about why you're in the situation you're in and do I need to be and want to be in this situation. Uh, then had the therapy also during a really tough time in my life. And I thought, this, maybe this is it. Mm-hmm. And it's the way I think anyway. Yeah. I, think, I think we have that in common. We all kind of think logically like this. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of an easy segue into a career. And I think the logical thinking and also the need to have that a sense of nurturance, like just a, a little, I mean, and there, that nurturance varies. I think that nurturance varies from the four of us. Like I feel different degrees of nurturance within each one of us, but it's all there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important piece and not everybody nurturing. Sure. A lot of humans have that quality, but to have it and want to lead with it or mm-hmm. have it and want to actually use it pretty regularly is, is kind of important. I think I teaching. Think yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's French. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've made him French. That's right. Today he is. <laughs> yeah. When I was 14, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so good on you, Ashley. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know. I felt like I had to know what I was going to do for the rest of my life when I graduated high school. All of my friends had a college and a major. Most of the people I graduated with did. Um, I went through college. I went to, like, I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do for a while after that. So I kind of moseyed on through different majors. Um, Found out kind of after a while that I probably needed therapy. (laughs) Everybody does. um, From there, I had two pretty predominant male therapist influences in my life. And I'm realizing now that they're both male and that's really rare. Um, and, um, yeah, my, I don't know. At some point I decided that, uh, if I was going to be in therapy, I wanted to be the person in the other chair. Um, now, now that I'm a therapist, like I'm also still in therapy. (laughs) Uh, You're in both um, chairs. Well, yeah. So yeah, I just, uh, I feel like it was a long road, but I figured it out when I was like 24 or 23. So that's not that bad. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. And you know, at 24, 23, um, was when that part of the chapter that was really, I was doing a lot of behaviors that would ultimately get me to a place where I was in therapy. But at 23, um, I was, that was when I was living quote unquote, living in New Orleans. And we've talked about this before, living out of squat houses and living basically on the streets in New Orleans for the better part of a year. And um, that brought me into my young adult life. But that behavior at 23 was in reaction to my own family imploding. My own family went through a pretty vicious divorce. My parents had a pretty vicious divorce. And I was the only kid left at home. I'm the youngest. And my brother and sister were had moved out, and I was the one at home 
and it felt to me like I was navigating their divorce. Mm -hmm. And that very quickly on my feet had me desiring to advocate for, for teenagers, kids going through divorces, because I just, I have an opinion about that Mm -hmm. and how divorce needs to look so that children come out somewhat unscathed. Um, Divorce is a painful time, so it's not going to be a complete freedom from being unscathed, but, but, um, or from being scathed. So my story to becoming a therapist involved a lot of personal experiences. I knew that I had a, I had gone through a lot of life and I saw a therapist who was finally in the place I was married or getting married. Maybe I was just in, in the relationship. Um, and I started seeing a therapist just like you, Ashley. I was very impressed with her and I liked her whole thing. I liked the office space. I liked her look. I liked her vibe. And I sat there thinking, I want to do that. I want to, I want to do that. And I think I can do it. And then, um, shortly, not long after that, and she became my supervisor. She became, um, a strong mentor as I was going through graduate school. And then my supervisor, I was super honored to work and learn from her because I still think she's an exceptional, an exceptional therapist. Um, um, so, so I came into this from my own definite levels of heartache and definite levels of strife and Mm -hmm. why I sit in my now pretty chair in my pretty office and I help clients and it's such an honor because I get to one, I get to be living proof that we can survive hard times and we can survive heartache and whether it's we've induced the heartache or whether we've received the heartache and to truly be an agent to healing is to healing that human condition and human healing that human psyche and healing that heartache is, is an honor. Mm -hmm. I I don't know another word. I've said that word a lot already, but it is the honor. Like it's just an honor to, it's an honor to witness. Um, and it's an honor to be an advocate for kids. And I don't see children. I see the adults who are divorcing or who are struggling in their marriage. And I, tell them often I'm an advocate for children first. And so when I hear them being assholes or I Mm -hmm. hear them yelling and they start talking about children or children are in the other room, I have conversations with the adults on my sofa from the lens of a kid in their house. Mm -hmm. And because I remember that, that feeling all too well. Mm -hmm. So being a therapist to me is I'm proud of it. I'm proud that I've managed to get through the education that all of us have done. Um, and uh, proud to be that honored to be that person that sits in their corner with them. Um, so this is on a different note. Um, sometimes I'll have clients that are curious about, you know, mm-hmm. how I became a therapist mm-hmm. or just interested in me in general, and yeah. I love that. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you want to know about me? I know. Um, but it's funny, you know. A lot of the times, people just don't care and they just want to yeah talk yeah. about themselves yeah. because they don't get to talk about themselves, and that's why they come to therapy. But I'm always like, ah. Well, and you know, in our field. Also, if therapists are listening to this, generally speaking, we're taught not to disclose. We're not taught. Mm-hmm. We're taught not to bring our personal lives into the room. And those of you, Ashley, you were um, an intern of mine. I supervised you. Jason has heard this. Jason's probably heard it less than when I had a big old corral of interns. But I, I encourage us to bring our personal into the room. Absolutely, my clients would have less. 
less quality from me if I checked all of my experiences at the door before I came in. Mm -hmm. Like I bring that in and if I'm asked about it and I say that in the first session, that a thing that's different from me than a lot of therapists is I'm an open book. If you ask me a question professionally or personally, I will answer it. If you do not want the answer, do not ask the question. Mm-hmm. Is what I will very, be very clear. And I don't mind personal disclosure. I think it's helpful when someone asks and they learn that that they're not alone or, oh, wow, you, you went through that too. Or I thought I was the only one. I thought I was mm-hmm. the only one that ever felt that way. I think it's really important for us. So when clients, I had a client yesterday who asked me about, she wanted to know my take on borderline personality disorder. And we mm. sat for 20 minutes talking and she's a, a, in high school um, and very interested. In, and she was, of course, as I was telling her this, she's like, oh, I have a friend. That, oh, I bet she, ha- oh, I know someone. <laughs> she's going to go to school today telling them all they have borderline personality <laughs> yeah, disorder. Yeah, so anyway, um, I think that, uh, this maybe needs to be clarified because I think we've talked about this also. I think you also agree that although we're transparent, it, it needs to matter to them. It needs to be helpful yeah. to them. Right. And exactly. obviously yeah. they're asking, right. We're not just, we're not just starting telling. to talk about it. But I lives. did have something, I think I'm more guarded of the four of us. I think we've talked about that. I, I probably less open, yeah. but I'm not, not open. Yeah. I'm, does that make sense? Of I'm not course. closed, but uh, I had a, a real tough couple the other day. The man stopped me and he said, you know why I came back? And I said, why? And I told him about miscommunication with my husband and I and a story that I think is pretty mm-hmm. helpful. And he said, that's why I came back because yeah. I knew that I wasn't coming in and talking to someone who thought or that, that has it all it. perfectly together yeah. or that thinks they have it all together. Right. right. You know, so yeah. that was a moment. And he goes, you might want to tell your other, just so you know for future clients. And I thought, oh, well, he gets it. He gets it. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly my angle on it. And, you know, I have an old girlfriend, she's not old, but a girlfriend from a a while, long time girlfriend, girlfriend, um, whose wonderful, um, father told her that you always want your therapist to be more crazy than you are. (laughs) And I think that is set with me because, um, I think some of my clients could agree that I might be a little bit crazier than they are, but, um, like if they're okay, I I can wear that with a badge of honor, quite honestly. Uh So. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I was taught so much that disclosure was bad. Oh, good. Yeah. I think it was like what Shani said that it needs to be relevant and it can be helpful. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of my professors in college were under the influence that it's probably more important to just be a person rather than to have an appearance of being, you know, all put together. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and I kind of really had this realization today. I think I use my body and my body language as self-disclosure more than I realize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell us. Um, <laughs> do tell. So as Jason has pointed she out has before. She in her room. Yes. <laughs> um, Jason has pointed out, yeah, Ashley will take her shoes off any, any chance uh-huh. she gets. Oh, yeah. And it's true. I'm, I'm always in my slippers uh, doing sessions. And then I lean very casually in the chair with my blanket and I'm I curled up. <laughs> um, but today is a Friday. I don't usually work Fridays. Um, so I wore athleisure to my two sessions and 
I'm cool with that. Anyways, I brought a Celsius, which is an energy drink, if you don't know that. But my client, I cracked it open, and he goes, I thought that was a Truly. And I was like, right on. <laughs> I'm not that casual. Yeah. <laughs> there are limitations. My shoes are on. You're like, that happens after the session. Yeah, I had my tennis shoes on. I didn't have my slippers yeah, on since that, I was wearing athleisure. At that point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. Well, and I think it goes to show that any of us, anyone who might be listening and shopping for a therapist I know for me I have I have some pretty harsh rules for my therapist because obviously I'm one but uh-huh. and I have a therapist as well um, who is spectacular um, but I feel like I want to know that my therapist has had a thing or two um, I, even I go as far as and this isn't always necessary but for me has a thing or two in common with me. Like maybe they have, I mean, I have a daughter. Maybe they've had the experience of having children. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've had, they have, they're in a marriage. Maybe they understand the dynamics of marriage or even divorce mm-hmm. or the things that I've gone through. That's not a requirement, but it, it helps me because then I feel as though I'm going to speak with someone like that gentleman said to you. Mm-hmm okay, you're going to get me. You're going to understand more because we're all textbook savvy. We've all studied the same textbooks. Therapists all have had to take the same tests and all have had to study the same classwork and all of these things. But what brings a really excellent therapist in the room to me is what do they have as life experience? What do they have? What is their storyline? What can they offer? And where is their heart in the room? What is that? Where is it based? Okay, this really brings up something um, important. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) That's what we're hoping for, I think. So I fired my last therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, And, okay, anyways, I'm engaged, y'all, from season one, if you followed. Um, (laughs) The real therapist of Fort Worth. Um, So whenever I was seeing this therapist, I was in a very toxic relationship, and I was going to her because of this toxic relationship. I didn't jive with her, and just so y'all know, the therapeutic relationship is the most important part Mm -hmm. um, to therapy. You have to jive with your therapist. Absolutely. Um, And I didn't jive with her, um, but I was also exhausted from hopping from therapist to therapist. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to stick with her because she was cute and she had a cute office. And a nice chair. (laughs) Yeah. And um, anyway... She was a little judgy and just wasn't digging it. And anyway, I saw her the last time and she goes, by the way, I'm engaged. And I was like, okay, great. Okay. Now let's talk about my problems. Yeah. And so, um, I've actually had a lot of clients, so I don't tell them I'm engaged because I remember how I felt when she did that. Mm -hmm. And I'm half clients that are mad at me for not telling them. Like I had one that noticed yesterday and I've been engaged since February. Uh So it's been a couple of months. And she was actually frustrated with me. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And so I think that really goes back to the therapeutic relationship Mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, if you do have a therapist and you're not connecting to the point where you're excited that they have, they got engaged, Uh then you need to move on. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And you know, my, my daughter said something that really schooled me the other day. My daughter lives in, those of you from season one know that she is going to school at Parsons in New York. And she is um, seen. She found a therapist in New York, from the, with the help of her therapist that was here in Fort Worth, and um, she loves this new therapist. And she said because this new therapist is about 26, 27 years old, and my daughter's nineteen, going on about twenty five. And she said, "I really liked it. While I liked my therapist in Fort Worth, she was a mom, 
And mm-hmm. she kind of, I got the mom vibes from her, which is not bad, a bad thing, but she said, but I have a mom. And I felt often that I was talking to my mom when I could just go uh-huh. talk to my mom. But this one is more age relevant. And so we talk a lot more about me and my age and I don't get that, those mom vibes. And I said, that's so important for me to hear because I know I work with some teenagers and I think I can be very maternal in the room, especially with teenagers. I'm guilty of that. Is, is that great form always? No, but it kind of shows up when those teenagers show up. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, don't take my word on it. But I think that those that have healthy relationships with their parents don't need a maternal figure in the room. They've got a good maternal figure outside mm-hmm. of the room. Those that have a different, more compromised relationship with their mom or their dad are going to probably likely appreciate that maternal vibe. So it was kind of a good, just like the, if you're not excited about them getting engaged, like there's a personal underlying piece to all of this for sure. And there's a season for therapists. I mean, I've, I've had the same one for 25 years now, but there were, it was timing and opportunity that led me to him and he's probably going to see me through to the end until he retires or stops wanting to talk to me. (laughs) And even then you're going to make him still. I am going to say double out, double pay. But you know how, uh, we outgrow therapists. And I think all of us would agree that if, if anyone came in to see us, even one visit and they don't feel comfortable, we're okay with them leaving or going to another one of us. Right. I do do tell people that. And I feel weird telling people that because it feels like I'm trying to talk them out of coming (laughs) back to me. But, um, I've had a few close friends who did not know that they could just not see a therapist that they don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I told them that and they were surprised. So I feel like it's important to let people know like, Hey, if you don't like me, I can help you find someone that maybe you'll like more. Yeah. If Uh there's not a connection, if you're not excited that I'm engaged, it's super important. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all, I just, I just met somebody recently who has been going to therapy twice a week, probably for like five years, maybe even 10. And it's a psychoanalytic therapist. So like mm-hmm. Freudian yeah. style, which is almost daily sometimes, <laughs> typically <laughs> this typically therapist sits behind him. Oh, wow. And he does free association for all you psychology nerds. Uh-huh. Um, or if you're not a psychology nerds, it's basically where you just blurt out things yeah. That yeah. Are yeah. on you your mind. Talk. You just yeah. talk Without and um, the therapist doesn't say anything. And I'm like, this is wild. Does he like it? Kind of. He, 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 he likes, he likes the, um, the schedule and the routine. Um, but I'm like, huh, something it keeps him going back. Uh-huh. That's interesting because I wonder, I mean, that's leaving you to connect your own dots and not the professional to help you connect your own dots. Like, are we working too hard? I know. We must be working too hard. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Say anything? Okay, so we just talk, he talks for 15 minutes and the dude doesn't, the therapist doesn't say anything. Yeah. Or he'll make sounds like, hmm, like. <laughs> to certain mm. things wow yeah i didn't even i really truly didn't think that that therapy style still, still existed, existed. Still heard, existed yeah. i've heard well i don't know i'm a texas guy but i've heard that it's more popular in like california mm. still and i know that the person that i had that more popular went to a psychoanalyst um that was true freudian she went and i think it, and it was even in germany she lived in germany and it was a uh, monday through friday like she did she went every day, every day. It, was, it was a requirement every day and <laughs> it was that kind of free association and just this mm. such a different model obviously mm. mm-hmm. um but and you know we're we all appreciate freud ashley more than anyone here but we all appreciate freud <laughs> and what he's done for our industry for sure i mean you can't argue with a lot of the things that he's put in place um but that's a a form of fit therapy. 
just, it's bizarre to me because we weren't trained that way, you mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. I don't understand it totally, but let's start doing supervision that way. I mean, yeah. I'm not in supervision, but yeah. I'm just yeah. going to have Jason come you in. You just and talk say, and I right speak there. to a wall. <laughs> and I may just leave the room it's and he won't Jason. even know. Like <laughs> Jason. <laughs> All right, y'all, this has been fun. Those are the reasons we became therapists. This is the Beth Lewis Therapy Group with our podcast, This Won't Be Done by Five. Thank you. Bye, y'all.